and welcome to the Banker podcast series, Banking Under Pressure, exploring how the financial services industry is coping with the COVID-19 pandemic. In this series, the bankers' editors are interviewing industry experts from around the world to gather insights and advice on specific challenges, best practice, and innovations that can help banks and their customers to manage during these difficult times. I'm Marie Kemple, the Bankers' Investment Banking and Capital Markets Editor, and in this podcast, I'm joined by Benoit Legrand, Chief Innovation Officer at ING. And we'll be talking about why it's important not to put innovation on the back burner during a crisis. Thanks so much for joining me, Benoit. Yeah, thank you for having me, Marie. Thanks. No problem. And um, before we dive into the current situation, um, perhaps you can tell us about some of the key work streams and projects you and your team have been working on in recent years, just to give us a flavor of the kind of things that you've been, you've been doing. Yes, sure. And I think, <clears throat> I think it's certainly a, the right question to start with because uh, innovation is something which is uh, spreading over time. So you can't really look at it in very short terms. We've been, I think, frankly, uh, we've, we've been starting with innovation some time ago when even you know, ING directors, but more than 20 years ago, and you go back to the previous, let's say, uh, dot-com era where we launched the, uh, the internet banking. Uh, and eventually got to 400 billion of assets under management. So I think we have something in our genes into uh, into innovation. But I think our current CEO uh, Ralph Hammers uh, five years ago uh, started and reinforcing it because we firmly believe that we will be differentiating ourselves not you know, by product themselves, I think, but but by experience, by the way people can feel the innovation in their daily life, making their life easier, simpler, and somehow taking banking out of the way, if you will, uh, as something which is being done without too much being done. So I think in the last five years, we've been very much focusing on this and trying to get uh, initiatives going on just to make it in practice an experience for customers, right? So we do not have innovation as, let's say, a head office innovation team uh, teaching lessons to anyone, but just a way to able empower our 54,000 uh, employees uh, in, in 40 different countries just to make the best for our customers. So innovation in the last five years has needed to mean something for a customer eventually. Yeah, I certainly think it's fair to say that ING has a, has a really strong reputation for being a leading innovator within financial services. And do you think the results of that work, some of which you were speaking about just then, has, has made a difference going into this crisis in terms of how effectively ING has been able to adapt and respond as an institution? Yes, I, I think, uh, uh, and again, putting this all in, in a time perspective, uh, I think we are now hitting a crisis. Uh, yet, I think innovations are things which are being done in the longer run, right? So I think this is not something you invent over three or six months. Of course, this crisis is just helping us somehow to uh, see new opportunities, you know, and, and, and as a very uh, digital uh, by nature bank, I think this is also certainly uh, leading us to, uh, to, to an in interesting potential, right? If you look at a country like Germany with more than 8 million customers without any branch, uh, I think you, you can typically look at what kind of perspective uh, uh, this digitization, let's say the acceleration in digitization could offer to a company like ours. So in, in the short term, of course, we needed to adapt. And, and I think we have now more than 80% of our employees working from home. You know, I think you can imagine uh, out of this uh, 54,000 
employees, more than 40,000 people effectively working from home. So that's been a challenge. I think we're also servicing our customers in a way, being very close to our SME customers, making sure that they can also go on through those times. So this is for us, let's say in the short term, what we've what we've been doing. In, in terms of innovation, I think we just continue on the path which we have, uh, again, because we're not working on something which should be disruptive tomorrow. And, and, and by coincidence, a crisis hitting. So no, I think we are <clears throat> building, let's say, new technologies somehow, uh, or new platforms. Uh, we're very much into this, let's say, platform thinking. Uh, and, and if I just take one example of, of, of the platforms which have been uh, quite successfully launched in the UK was YOLT, uh, where we launched about two and a half years ago and, and having now 1.3 million users using YOLT as an aggregator, a money management uh, tool to better finance uh, or to better manage your, your, uh, your, your, um, your money, right? So again, helping customers through those times. And I think that's going to be even more a duty of a bank like ours to go on in those years to help communities, to help citizens, to help, I'd say, everyone to make uh, their life easier uh, as regards uh, finance. And I think I can probably guess your answer to this next one. Um, is, it, is it important to continue with innovation efforts <laughs> during a time of crisis like this one? Yes, I think yeah, you could guess, yes. <laughs> yes, I think it is, I would say, even more important than ever. And, and I think also in adverse times, uh, when, when crisis hit, I think we really need to think differently. And the natural reaction in the short term is certainly to say, uh, let's focus on the short term, let's secure our customers, let's make sure we're not spending too much, you know, get controls on our costs and everything, which, which are all very sound, let's say, and, and necessary points. Yet, um, we constantly also need to think in a five to 10 years perspective. And I think this world of banking will be dramatically changed. And it's not a change which you operate overnight. I think it just takes time. Those are big boats. And if you don't change the direction, yet once they are moving, uh, the impact is also uh, uh, very big. So I, I would say more than ever, you need to, to go there. And you know, we we keep on with the different initiatives which we have. You know, you know, we we have this venture fund, it's a, a 300 million innovation uh, of venture capital fund. We invested in about 30 different fintechs. And 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 again, with the eyes of new business models which are there, maybe in the coming three years, five years, seven years, whatever, will be very successful. And and we keep on supporting, of course, those those fintechs moving forward. But also in our labs, so we have you know, labs in Singapore, in uh, in Amsterdam, and in London. And also there, we still have about 29 different fintechs, which we are nurturing and, and trying to scale them. Four of them are scaling into areas which are, let's say, quite diverse uh, from uh, KYC uh, initiatives like uh, Corp ID, but also into deep tech where we're trying to uh, to find a way to have a software which is itself building software or somehow disrupting uh, the, the coding part of the IT developers, right? So those are, let's say, things we we keep on doing and will be keeping on doing. But it's it's even more important nowadays just to sometimes go a bit against 
counter-cyclical. And we'll see, I think, many of the whatever big techs or, or, or people having some money seizing opportunities just to, to develop and, and go faster. And in our genes, again, as ING, I think as a naturally born challenger, uh, uh, there are certainly opportunities for us to seize. So certainly still a lot of work going on by the sound of it. Is it, is it still full steam ahead for you or have you had to adapt what, what you're doing given what? <clears throat> the wider circumstances at the moment no i think we are adapting and i think some of the initiatives which we have we are have been slowed down i think some of them are being hit also because their customers are being hit right so if you look at initiatives around the sme business right in funding in sme businesses i think uh those smes are wanting to get some more funding but i think there are also some uh, let's say a, a limited number of people wanting also to provide them. So pro, a, a platform around this is 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 probably a bit more difficult. So I think some of the plans are uh, are postponed. But I think for some of them, we also got an acceleration. And I think one of the initiative is a what we call invisible tickets. So it just enables you to pay in public transport with your phone, but without doing anything, right? So you're geolocated. And we get some uh, public transport organizations in different countries calling us now actively and say, please, can you help us in one or two months just to get these things alive because we want to control better our flows of uh, passengers, right? So we, it's just a mix. I think we have to adapt, absolutely. Some are slower, some are just accelerating. And is there anything else in the pipeline that you'd like to tell us about that you've got? Yeah, coming? I think it depends how how long <laughs> you have, right? We're very confident in in the different scale ups which we have, uh, like the one uh, deal wise, which is a, um, a well, loyalty um, uh, scheme, but also using uh, uh, payment transactions on PSD two to help uh, large retailers. Uh, making better offers to their customers, right? So this is something which is has been launched in Romania and, and soon being launched in different uh, European countries. But this is a very, certainly interesting one. We have uh, also Contour in the uh, trade finance industry, which is also uh, taking off nicely uh, by disrupting the value chain there. So I think... Well, zero based based knowledge, uh, zero based sorry, zero knowledge proof initiatives, uh, which we're also working a lot. They are based on on the core technology, and uh, uh, really many many things which are there. And I think time would be just uh, missing. But uh, we keep on doing what we've been doing uh, uh, with this long term perspective. Great. Well, it's fascinating stuff, Benoit. Thanks so much for for sharing that with us. That's all for this podcast today, but you can keep up to date by subscribing to our weekly podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Acast. And you can also follow our discussions at banker.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.